Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. Hi, Steve. It's great to be here today, and we have a unbelievable, action-packed half hour for us today. And we have one of my favorite people in the world, Lisa Caldwell from SAS Solutions for Women. This is a really special company to help women going through the process of separating uh, divorce and navigating the ups and downs with this. And Lisa knows what she's talking about. In fact, she has an MA from Columbia's University Teachers College. She's a graduate of Fordham University. She's also a certified professional coach and is recognized by the International Coach Federation, the ICF. She herself has been through the divorce process and brings that same compassion to all of the amazing women that she works with. Keeping her balanced, happy is what I often look towards, and that is nature. Uh, she grew up in the Adirondack Mountains, and she adores Central Park. I don't know if you've been to the Jackie O Reservoir, it's one of my favorite places too, to go connect and be with nature every single day while living in one of my most favorite places in the world, New York City. So Lisa, it's great to have you here. We're so excited to have you part of Financially Ever After. Uh, we focus on helping women thinking about potentially separating or going through the divorce process. I know that that's something too that you have experienced and that you've actually dedicated your life to of helping women. And so I want to introduce you. Um, as you know, you're one of my favorite people and Lisa Caldwell was probably going to become one of your one of your favorite persons too. Um, oh, that's nice. Thank you, Stacy. She's with SAS Solutions, which is a company that focuses specifically on helping women helping women going through the unexpected challenges that we face when navigating separating or divorce and, and the aftermath. And she comes to us as an educator, as a divorce recovery coach, and works with women really all over the world, helping them with their sense of purpose, courage, and compassion. Thank you. She has an unbelievable background, and I know you're a graduate of Fordham University, as well as got a master's from Columbia University Teachers College, and also has done specific training in coaching of, of understanding how to help people through difficult and traumatic times. And so she is a certified professional coach recognized by the International Coach Federation. Uh, just something personal about you. I know that you shared also that you love nature. You grew up in the Adirondack Mountains and that the Jackie O Reservoir in Northern Central Park is a place that you adore, that it helps bring you back to nature, being able to live in New York City, but still have that nature and, and calmness as well. So you bring just so much here today and I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Stacy. It's an honor to be here. I really appreciate this opportunity. 
to talk about money, ironically. I never thought I would say such a thing. <laughs> so growing up in the Adirondacks, as you mentioned, was it was a really rural place. But in spite of that, and my and for a long time it was a single parent household. My mother was a hardworking public school teacher. In spite of that, I still had, I, there was no stigma to money. I, I wasn't super aware of it. I think it was very healthy. Um, I thought I, I could be very creative. There was no, the sky was the limit. I loved having summer annual garage sales where I would sell things and bring in money and get to use the money for whatever I wanted. My first job was 13 years of age, working in a college cafeteria as a dishwasher. I loved it. And, <laughs> And then, um, and then, and then, moving to New York when I came here for college, I uh, something happened as a young adult. You know, I I think the the power and pressure of New York City made me feel that I wasn't quite so possible. And and though I met this lovely man in, in Central Park who became my husband, I easily like I kind of capitulated to the, the pressure that is New York, and we moved in together in what I call kind of the. The, the tyranny of Manhattan real estate where we do things far sooner than we would have elsewhere. And we moved in together and we soon married. And then I became a stay-at-home mom. And then at that time, things really began to change for me in terms of my outlook with money. Hmm. I didn't think that I was capable. I knew that I was a very good mom, but I felt like I was kind of in this dark and hopeless place. And of course, it was reinforced with the way I was treated, but I did not think of myself as employable. Hmm. But you, I mean, you graduated at the top of your class, you have all of these things, but it sounds like being in that situation and also, it doesn't also feel like you had a whole lot of support that you were employable by your husband. Right. I didn't. I didn't. And of course, there was the stigma, like, how could I be so well educated and feel this way? So I didn't talk about it. There was a great sense of shame of how did I let this happen? I must be the only person in the world who's living such a Victorian lifestyle. And so I didn't talk about it. So that, mm -hmm. that increased the shame, right? Yeah. So how did you, how did you move from there? to where you are now as a successful entrepreneurial business owner, um, you know, doing this amazing work. That's, that's a big leap. Yes, thank you. And it is, and it's all about, and we know this cliche, it's about education. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school. That was really the turning point. I went back to school, and once I was in this new atmosphere where people were looking at me differently, mm -hmm. they were making me feel like I had value, that I had something to give, that started to open the door. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really came alive. That so, aha moment. Yeah, that was the aha moment that made me see like, yeah, there are choices. And then simultaneously, I started applying for jobs, and, I, and people were valuing me. So I know it was when I got a paycheck. It was education, going back to school, and then getting a paycheck, which made me feel, though it wasn't a lot of money, that I was possible. Yeah. And it was really, it was actually the day that I was hired, that I called up my husband from a phone booth, who had been telling me all along I wasn't going to get that job. I called him up and I said, I just got the job, shocked him, and I said, I want a divorce. Good for you. Now, I can only imagine that that was the beginning of your journey. That was the beginning of your journey. Um, yeah. Tell me about the work you do now. And I know you launched a fantastic webinar program to be a master class to impart 
all of the research, your own experiences, the hundreds of women that you've worked with to help them through this process and decide if divorce is the right fit or separation is the right fit. And if so, how to go through that process as whole as possible. Tell me a little bit more about that because there's there's just not many support resources out there like this. Yes, yes. Fortunately, there are more than there were in the past, that's for sure. The stigma is lifting, but the taboo is not gone, that's for sure. So my work as an educator and divorce recovery coach is right now a boutique firm in New York City. We work with women all over the world. But it requires a certain kind of uh, a certain profile to qualify to work with us individually. And what do I do with women? Well, I help them understand that there are four stages. As unique as our stories are, there are common realities that we all share. Mm-hmm. And that when you're facing this very critical life challenge of divorce or do I or don't I, it impacts our entire being holistically. So to be educated about what that process looks like holistically is what I really do individually with women. And I divide it up into four different stages based on our, our research on how women navigate divorce. And I support them educationally, telling them black and white what they need to know as they go through this process. And I ally them with experts such as you. I send a lot of clients to you to get educated holistically and financially is one element of it um, so that they understand what their choices are. As a coach, what I know is that this impacts us women in a particular way emotionally. And it's not in sync with what we have to do rationally and intellectually. So I help women understand what it is emotionally to navigate this. I coach them to address their fears. This is really about fear, Mm -hmm. um, stepping into fear and what can you do about it? How How do you handle your fear? So I also know that not, as I say, not everyone can afford us. And I'm really about empowering women with this message of what is possible for them. And that getting educated does not mean you must necessarily divorce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've created this masterclass, which is all about teaching women what we take months often to share with our clients privately. We've consolidated into an afternoon to educate them on what it looks like to consider the proposition of divorce to understand what knowing if one should divorce even looks like Mm -hmm. because that's a whole lesson in itself and then helping them understand it's a holistic challenge how they must be educated financially legally practically uh, emotionally if I haven't said it and and how their support network is so critical and I think what's great about it too is that it opens up a very affordable way for women wherever they live, wherever they're at in their life to get that that education, that knowledge. So tell me about the four phases because I've, I've heard you describe this before and I've never met another professional be able to so clearly define the different stages in a way that, that makes sense. So tell me more about that first phase that you are seeing yes. yourself and, and other women go through. Yes, so I, I described it a bit by just telling my own story, but I wonder how many listeners now can identify with this. Stage one is where something is wrong. And it feels, if I were to draw a picture of it, it's a spiral, it's a repeat, it's a vicious circle, it's a tornado. It's where you circle up sometimes believing something is 
hopeful or good about the relationship only to cycle back down and to be in this repeat of being disappointed, hoping, being disappointed, hoping, being disappointed. It's not a time where you're really actively talking to the outside world about this because you're hoping it's going to change. So we call it kind of as a code, something is wrong. It's very simple. And if you look around in this world, you will see many people who stay in this relationship, highly dysfunctional situation forever because the devil they know is easier than the devil they don't know. So they stay in that place. Stage two, for those who are willing to listen to something, usually it's a signal inside, it may come from outside, but there's a trigger that pushes you outside to say, I can no longer sustain stage one, something, I have to see what is possible. And this is when they consult with a me or a you, a financial advisor, where they own it. There's a, they overcome their fear and they cross a threshold and they talk to somebody, often a professional, about what is possible they don't even know the questions to be asking but they're so there's something it's so unsustainable it pushes them into stage two and this is the educational stage and this is where we spend a lot of time in our master class of learning what is possible so getting educated on what their choices really are and what we know is that a lot of us not being educated about divorce think we're supposed to know the answers <laughs> but you're not going to know but There's you're not going to know you know i don't care how much time you spend with your midnight lover google <laughs> he's only good he's only so he's only going to get you so far as every every man will right it yeah. really falls back on yourself you have to get educated on what your choices are so you can create the right strategy and the right strategy might be about investing anew in your relationship it does not mean you're necessarily getting divorced but something has got to change which is the number the the name of stage two something has got to change so you're getting educated there is movement it's up and down visually it's Mm -hmm, up and down mm -hmm. you're getting educated so you learn what the good decision is and what the right decision making is it culminates ultimately with a decision. And again, it could be any number of things. It's not black and white. It does not necessarily mean divorce. Stage three is where something has changed. It's, it's a very different kind of line if I were to draw. It's more whimsical because you've metabolized all this information and you're now in this new place. But things have not shaken out. So for the divorced woman, it might mean her she signed her divorce document and she's now living independently and society says, oh, you know, get on with it. Like, start dating. You should be fine. Well, what's wrong with you? This is actually post-adolescence. This is where we're suddenly alone and we're like, oh, my God, I no longer can blame him. I'm waking up and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and, wow, I've aged. <laughs> and two... Who do I want to be now that I've grown up? So it's a deep existential moment, stage three, and there's a lot of grief because you have lost a lot of stuff. Even if you hate your ex, you have lost the identity that you had, the fantasy that you were investing in in all those years. So this has its own challenges. And this and what we know, Stacey, is that 
divorce, real recovery can take three to five years. Mm -hmm. So this is what women need to know to manage their expectations, that this period after signing the divorce document is a really critical time. Yes, ultimately, it does shake out, though. There is a stage four, which is there. It's a new normal. Something has changed, and now there's a new normal. Mm -hmm. You're, You're recovering, and all this frag, all these fragmented parts of you are merging into a new person. You've kind of chosen who you're going to be at this point, and you're independent, and you've learned these incredible coping mechanisms, which have you facing new challenges and change because change is never going to away go away in a new and empowered way. So you're never knocked to the ground, as far as I'm concerned, if you've done this the healthy way, yeah. again, the yeah. same way. And I think something that is really key that I've heard you say before is that the time you spend in phase one, two, three, and four, the time you spend in each one of those phases is different for every woman and every relationship and every set of circumstances. So giving yourself permission, yes, permission to not judge yourself that you're not moving at a certain pace. Yes. This is not rational. This is the important thing. There is no formula. We're giving you like broad brushstrokes of what these phases look like. It's not a linear progression. There are times, for example, I had a client recently who's well into stage three and she texted me a couple days ago saying, oh my God, I'm back in stage one, the spiral. I just talked to my ex. So that's, though there is progression, there are times where you wake up and you feel like you're on repeat in stage one again. So know that it's not linear. So tell me also about those moms out there and bringing children into the equation. And, um, you know, specifically if you have an ability to, to maybe guide, what are some things to help women talk to kids about separation or divorce and change. Yeah, well, and first, and of course, you and I both know this, that it's always the money and the kids that keep us in these places. This is what often keeps us in stage one forever. Forever, till the day we die. That's right, money and the kids. So let's not just simply gloss over it. It is a big conversation, the children, right? But here's some things to bear in mind. Your children, even if you think, and I have clients come to me saying, oh, their kids don't know. Your children know on some level that something is wrong, too. Mm-hmm. They're in their own, their, own, their own trajectory, their own journey. They know, even if they're, not unable, if they're unable to articulate it, they know something is wrong. So their journey, though, is not the same as yours. So do not expect them to be in sync with you as you move through yours. You are the leader. You are the parent. So do not turn to them as a as a companion in this. Mm-hmm. They need to be led. So on that note, make sure that you're that you're not sharing inappropriate things before you know. So you need to have a plan. If you decide ultimately, you need the space to decide <laughs> and what all of that's involved. But and you also need to have a strategic plan. And that's when you tell your children. Mm-hmm. Because they're already in a dysfunctional space. And if you tell them too prematurely, it's going to bring them more into the spiral of stage one. They're going to be freaked out. They're already worried probably about you and your husband. But you need to be the leader and tell them because they're going to have a lot of questions. Yes. So you want to tell them when you have a plan in mind. 
But for so many women who say they must stay for their kids, how many times do we hear that? I was certainly one of those people. And then it really flipped up. That was one of the deciding points, really, when I believed I was staying there for the children. I could, I myself could self-justify and live with anything, but it was better for the kids for me to be in this position. And when I realized what I was modeling to my children, as, as the mother of two daughters, that I was modeling a family. Wow. Wow. That I was modeling a very disempowered person who was a victim and who was living as a victim. And in teaching your girls that it's okay. It's okay yes. not to be happy. It's okay to not be happy. And sometimes what you see is that, you know, if it was if it was a very disempowered place and if you 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 may end up um, this is what I did say was that my children started to parrot what my, how my husband was treating me and talking to me. Oh, so it wasn't just, you mm-hmm. know, um, they becoming a victim. No, they could also become a tyrant. <laughs> yeah. So what you need to do is also recognize, do you want do you want your children to have the same relationship that you have with your husband? Do you want them that for them? Because that's what you're modeling. Yeah. And that's usually a shocker. And, and I have to tell you, Lisa, that question is so poignant. That right there, just that question might guide a listener who's listening today to their answer, right? Now, you have a really amazing exercise that I want to hear more about called Name That Fear. Yes. Can you walk us through that? Because this is all the fears and the worries and, I mean, so much of us staying, of not moving, it's it's fear, Yes. Pulling us back. yes, we can say that it's the money and it's the kids, but it's really the fear that's really blocking us. And what we know is that fear is not alive here and now like you and I. It's not a third person here sitting in the room. It's a projection of the future. And it's our mind that allows it to race off into the future and send us into this very stressed state. So if you can capture your mind and bring it back to the present, it really helps you navigate and control the fear factor. So the exercise is called Name That Fear. So imagine, if you will, it probably doesn't take much, uh, a typical fear for a woman in this situation is to go in and talk to a lawyer right so she's never talked to a lawyer before and she starts building that anxiety up about doing that when you are in that place of like oh my god i gotta go talk to the lawyer i've never talked to a lawyer my husband always talks to lawyers he's got an itch your mind is starting to race and project to the future stop and name that fear okay I have a fear of talking to a lawyer and then stop again and start to analyze and see what is around you in real time. I see a window. I see a desk. Start naming what you see. I see fresh flowers in a vase. I see a woman walking by. Through the window, I see the clouds. You are slowing your brain down. You're making and identify what you see. It's, it's, zooming everything down now the fear will come back it will probably end but you've got to go see the lawyer you've got to go see the lawyer stop it and train your brain i am witnessing what i'm seeing right now i'm now seeing cars go by you're slowing your brain down you're doing a number of things and you have to practice this very simple exercise because if you do it you can slow your brain down within three minutes and bring your 
stress hormones down, but you're training your brain, you are controlling your brain. Your brain will go off into monkey noise if it wants to and, and, and pursue fear, but you're telling it it cannot do that. You're teaching it that it's going to return to now and you're already starting to exercise decision making in the face of fear. And the other piece I'm hearing is that you're bringing yourself into the present because you were talking about how fear is very future-based of something. And so you're in that exercise, that's that's absolutely brilliant of bringing you to the now. Bringing you to the now. And we hear that a lot, but it's that's what it is. It's powerful. Bringing you into the now. So what are those tips or, or what would you say you know, your words of wisdom for women contemplating a change, whether that might be a separation or a divorce. Yeah. I know that there's, you, you could write a volume, you could write a book. Right. You could write a book on this. But right. um, what are some of those words of wisdom you well, find most women needing? Right. Do not, a lot of us are super problem solvers and do not think that you can Google solve this. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot. You can only go so far. So it's you need a strategic plan. So there's an there's an agency, there's an activity here that's required. It's not just a passive collection of information. You need a strategic plan, not just a plan. So to get a strategic plan, you have to get educated on what your menu is of choices mm-hmm. and give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to say, I'm finding out what's possible for my life. It does not mean it's going to culminate in divorce. It does not mean I'm pulling the trigger. I'm finding out what's possible for my life just as I want to show my children that they have every right to find out what's possible for their lives. Mm-hmm. And you're getting information and then you're going to pick and choose after you hear what's possible and create the strategic plan for the right. And, and that's going to involve the right decision-making. I mean, an analogy is something that comes to mind and tell me if I'm on the right track of, you would never tell your child you have one choice for college. That's it. You, you would just, you would, you would never do that. And so why do we as women force ourselves into one choice? That, you know, having those options of finding out whatever the best choice is for you it is going to involve looking at more than just one college or in this situation, one choice for the rest of your life. That's right. Imagine you have a daughter. What would you be telling her to do? Oh, bless my daughter. She is a handful (laughs) because ever since she is little, I have told her, Samantha, you are strong. You are brave. You are courageous. You are smart. You are kind. You're wonderful. You're amazing. And she now is like the fearless girl standing in front of the bull. And when she has found herself getting bullied, she reverts right back to that and says, no, I am. And she spills it all out. And it just makes my heart sing. And that's what I pray that she is able to tap and possess. Because we know life is not easy relationships are not easy but having access to that is is something that we all need and deserve yeah and i think that you you can go through challenges but you're going to come full circle if you're in somehow you've been taught that in your heart yeah it's like it's like going back to my rural upbringing right 
I want to make sure that we have time for me to uh, talk about what one might get in this class and how I'm hoping you'll play a role. I would love to. And again, I am so excited because what you're doing is you're taking the support and guidance you're giving to your individual clients and bringing it to a whole new group of people who might want to coach individually with you down the line, but but maybe they're not ready for that or maybe they can't afford that. And, and I so believe in level playing field that us as women, the most important thing we can do is invest in ourselves with education. So, so tell me more about how our listeners can can learn about this and start to educate themselves. Yes, well, that's exactly the point, is that the women need to hear these critical messages, and it's not something that we're learning in school, right? So it begins no. with this belief that we are entitled to hear what's possible. And so I want this to be available to everybody. Um, and so I also know that it's not enough just to have a class. So it's a class, yes, and it's, it's a really chock full meaty class, but I know that women really derive benefit from human connection. Mm-hmm. And so they need mentoring. That's a real critical value yeah. that women need, right? They need to see that someone has done it before them and can guide them. They just don't want to read about it in a book. So in this class, you also gain, you gain one hour of coaching with me. So you get one-on-one That's feedback amazing. with your story. And there is a particular financial exercise in the class, which really sets a woman up to begin a great conversation with a financial advisor. And I would really love it if, if women could speak to you for 30 minutes to take that exercise and launch themselves into finding out what's possible. Again, yeah. not necessarily divorce ladies, because I know, we know it's scary. Yeah. We know it's scary. And I would love to do that. I am so honored. And what I believe is that no matter what that decision is, that you walk out of that time, the 30 minutes that we'll share, having more information and having more confidence in yourself. I really believe that a good marriage is made up of an economic union where you have two people who are equal, appreciated, and one of the best ways to do that is have you both involved with the financials. Yes. And so whatever someone decides to do, getting involved with the financials, it's it's not a maybe, it's a must because you will be limited You'll be limited in the power you have if you don't understand the money. It doesn't matter how great the relationship Absolutely. Is. And really what, what we tell people in the class is that you're not, please do not even hire a lawyer first. You must get educated. And part of that education is getting sound financial advice because you're going to hear things differently from someone like you, a certified divorce financial analyst, than you are from a lawyer. It's really important that you diversify your information and it comes from the right people. So I'm so grateful that you will give people 30 minutes of your very valuable time. It's gold, people. I will tell you that. Another thing that people get, uh, and it's for women, I'm sorry, guys, um, is that they get SAS's best uh, questions to ask a divorce attorney, and that's really based on our our experience with what women need to know, and you can tailor uh, it to your own story. You will also... um, 
Uh, let me just see, actually. Let me see what I'm, I might be missing. So you get one hour of coaching. You get 30 minutes with Stacy. You get Sass's best questions to ask a divorce attorney. You get the class and you get a live Q&A where it's really incredible because women derive so much benefit hearing what other women are going through. And there's that sense of community. Mm-hmm. That's what we're hearing so much about is that women feel so much less alone hearing those questions and the stories, just like this conversation. Yeah. They gain so much from it. So, and of course, for women who are listening to this uh, we're offering a special price. The class is $297, but for anybody who's listening, I know that you're already a great candidate because you've self-selected for this, for listening to this call. You're already starting the education process, so you are the perfect candidate for this class, uh, and I'm taking 20, 20% off the class, so it's $237. Wow. And if you want it, it's a, it has to go into a special email to me because it's going to be a different price for everybody else. So if you're interested, please write to smart support. That's one word, smart support at SAS for women. That's S-A-S, as in Sam, Apple, Sam, for women, F-O-R, women, as it's spelled out, sasforwomen.com, smart support at sasforwomen.com, and put in the subject line, be money smart. Exactly. Well, also, I just want to say a great big thank you to you for taking the time to be here, Lisa, and also for our amazing, amazing listeners for Financially Ever After. If you have any questions on reaching out to Lisa or that email, if you didn't get a chance to jot that down, just reach out. And I just want to say a great big thank you for being here today and for investing in yourself and making smart choices for, for yourself and your family. Here, here. Thank you. And Stacy, how do our listeners get a hold of you and learn more about what you do? Well, thank you, Steve. Um, it's pretty darn easy. It's my name uh, that you can email Stacy S T A C Y Stacy at francisfinancial.com. And you can also visit the website. We've got a lot of great information, francisfinancial.com uh, as well. And we're here for you. So if you have any questions or want a free second opinion on your situation, reach out and we'll give you all the support that you need. Thanks so much. And thank you, Steve. Thank you, Lisa.